Hi everyone, this is uh, Rupert Morrison and Shraddha. We're excited to launch our first uh, first ever podcast together. Um, I'm going to give you we'll introduce ourselves and give you a bit of background why we're doing this podcast and, and, and why we think it's important. Um, and then we're going to talk about OPNA and the OPNA function. And, and our promise to you is at the end you will have two practical takeaways. Um, that's our that's our promise. Unpacking Organizations, the Practitioner's Podcast. Sponsored by OrgView. See tomorrow's business today. So my name is Rupert Morrison. I, for my sins, uh, I'm a reform management consultant. I was a management consultant for a large number of time, as was Shredder. So that's what we have in common, um, as well as a deep, deep passion for, for org design and, and, and organizational transformation. I'm I'm an economist by education, and after being a management consultant, I uh, set up, I'm the founder of, of a tech firm, a technology called OrgView, and I've written a couple of books. Um, one is called Data-Driven Organization Design, and the other is called Organizational Planning and Analysis. So I've committed myself with many years um, and early mornings and late nights working, thinking, and trying to transform how people think about their organizations. Um, and I'm here with Shraddha to help because I think bringing in the pragmatist um, is going to be extremely helpful. So Shraddha, why don't you introduce yourself first and then we'll, we'll start riffing. Thank you so much, Rupert. This is terrific. So my name is Shraddha Prakash. And as Rupert mentioned, I have been management consultant uh, as well as internal consultant and practitioner for different organization. I started my career back in India in Infosys and then worked at Boston Consulting Group. And now I am at Prudential. So I'm really passionate about this topic of organization design, talent transformation. I've worked in these topics for more than a decade and a half. Uh, but this is not just a job for me. This is really a passion area. And I want to make this more tangible for the organizations because I feel that this part, the OPNA that we are talking about, is still not mainstream in our organizations. It's not like compensation or talent acquisition when we think about HR function. And so this is what brought us together to do this podcast and make it more tangible, more practitioner-oriented, and to bring theoretical aspects of this thinking into a very practical way. So, Rupert, let me start by asking this. We have spoken about OPNA a couple of times right now. Let's start with that. What is actually OPNA, and why is it important? So, it's an acronym. And the acronym stands for Organizational Planning and Analysis. And I was doing a lot of org design work and workforce planning work. And I was interviewing a bunch of CFOs to be CFOs in, in, in the organization that I was the CEO of. And I asked them all, so how do you organize, how, how do you see org the organization of the finance function? And every single one of them basically answered in the same way. It was, well, you've got financial control, financial operations, credit control, and that's critical. And we need, we need that to be operationally efficient, and we need to get our accounts done on time, et cetera, and manage cash, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's this other function, financial planning and analysis. 
and it's different people, and that's more around the budgeting and the planning and pulling the levers like price, etc. And I, I'd heard of FP&A before, but I had, hadn't really sunk into my head that there was this such a big distinction and the difference in the people and the nature and the forward-looking nature of FP&A. And, and so I was thinking about all the work that I was doing in org design and workforce planning. I was like, hang on a second. It's the same in HR. In, in HR, you have the operational backward-looking functions, which are absolutely crucial. And Shraddha, you mentioned a few of them. If you don't sort payroll, you're in deep trouble. If you don't manage the life cycle of the employees through talent acquisition, the onboarding process, the mover lever processes, et cetera, et cetera, you don't have a business. Just like in finance, if you don't have financial operations and financial control, you don't have a business. But the key thing is also then to think about the forward-looking. And the world is in constant disruption. There's nothing new there. And it's constantly evolving. And in the past, people went to people like you and I back in the day when you were at BCG and I was at Carney and say, well, let's bring in the management consultants to help us and let's design an organization um, or the workforce plan. And then you, you have your RASs and your 2B and it's one and done. You've, you've defined it. It's all the beautiful PowerPoint slides are there, the hundreds and thousands of them. And, and then it's over. And then you, you go on with your life. And the, the world's not like that anymore. The, the world, you need to be adapt at adapting. You need, it's a constant on. Um, and so with that, you no longer can just outsource this. It's got to be internal. And, and the other thing is it's really a discipline, just like FP&A is a discipline, um, because it requires systems thinking. You need, it, these are connected. So the, the org design isn't just about the structure and who reports to who, it's about the work. And you know Peter Drucker said this a long, long time ago, organize, think about the work and then the workforce. So to me, the OP&A is a function very similar to finance, FP&A, TWIND, similar acronyms. Um, and, and in my view, and I know in your view, Shadow, it is a central function. Love it. Love the way you have articulated the way that needs to be um, structured, the deliverables that this function needs to offer. I think you had a couple of really good nuggets in there. One I feel is uh, forward-looking and forward-looking with dynamism because otherwise in the past, what I have done in the, when I started my career in this topic was that we would, just as you said, we will bring the management consultants, we will create a structure and then we will police that structure and do not want to change that. But that's not how it should be working. What we need to think about is that how do we continue to evolve that structure so that it is leading to the business results, it's helping our business drive the impacts and so on. Um, the other part you talked about was systems thinking. And that is, again, extremely important is because we don't think these things as silo. It's not about just who reports into who, but how does that report, how that, that leads into better ways of working and understanding of the what is important work, where we need to invest in, where we need to build long-term capabilities in the organization. So all these great stuff, and I get more excited to talk about it. And I think that is what the podcast is about, that how do we bring to life 
first these aspects that what is important like what exactly is important how do we think about these differently but tee it up with how do we make it more simple more scalable more stickable into the organization so that people have some real practical takeaways that they can go back and implement it in the next hour right um so rupert i know that you have written two books and i have really read them end to end i love them but what led to the thinking of those books like what was that light bulb mo- moment when you said that i really need to write it down it, it was me expressing all these ideas i was i was actually in manhattan believe it or not um chatting to someone uh who, who was an investor and i was explaining all the ideas and, he, and he's like wow why didn't you write a book about it and and that was in 2010 so that was you know 13 years ago and so i said off the cuff i will then and so it took me 5 years from me saying yes i will to actually getting the first edition of data driven organization design done uh and what i what i it wasn't one big light bulb moment i started writing blogs i'd already developed a lot of training and and obviously i was helping a lot of clients with this and and had already helped um a lot of clients do this work and and there were certain buzz moments so we we can't go into too much detail now but um one was so how do you define accountability and the the famous racy model which is responsible and accountable consultant and form and i i wrote a blog post saying well that's just overly complicated and no one knows the difference between responsible and accountable anyway and no one looks at a no one looks at a racy model and says well do i need to be informed or consulted here it just doesn't happen in the real world so i said well why don't we just really focus on who's just responsible and after decisions let's also be clear about who needs to approve those decisions so who's got veto power but actually what i'm really interested in is who does the work and and so that's the do that's d so i've changed the act. so that was an example i wrote that podcast i created that i got a huge reaction um there were other thing uh, sorry podcast blog um back in the days when we wrote blogs and didn't do podcasts uh then another one spans of control and you know so all of these different topics and but i really wanted to create an overarching framework for it um so in 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 ddod which is data driven organization design it it's it's really the macro the operating model and then what was missing in my mind was the micro the the detailed design and so bringing that to life and 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 bringing the systems thinking to life so how it all connects the the work the competencies the outcomes you want to achieve and then the making it real which is the execution and the implementation the change management um and the tracking and the monitoring and you know what i what i realize is that org design morphs into workforce planning so they're seen as two different disciplines and i really see them as two very related disciplines org design is like i'm taking a, two photographs a photograph of the as is and a photograph of the 2b whereas workforce planning is i'm just taking it's like a film there's multiple different snapshots and actually it just blurs together into into a movie um but the data that's required for org design is the same kind of data that's needed for workforce planning i 
I need to right-size my org. Well, right-sizing the org dynamically over and over again, that's creating the demand model for that. So that, you know, it was just all these questions and and, and speaking to people, um, try to, one, one of the things that hit me the most is that at the end of the day, it's people. And when you're doing org design, it's sometimes easy to be abstracted away from the human being, which is why in, in the second edition, I actually spend a lot of time talking about the horror stories. And I think in this podcast, I think we should dwell on some of the horror stories, the, the pain that can be caused by doing this and not thinking through the human consequence. So that's also something that I think, you know, we, we, we need to elaborate more and more on. Um, and, you know, the, the pendulum swinging all the time and people saying, what's well, this changing? You know, the, the Titanic is a metaphor that's used a lot and just rearranging chairs. Well, actually, rearranging chairs, that impacts people's lives. Um, so we, we owe it to, to our people and... and those are not just employees, those are contractors, those are suppliers. We owe it to the wider ecosystem of the people doing the work to think this through properly so that we avoid, you know, the human cost of making mistakes and not thinking it through effectively. Absolutely. And in order to, in addition of that, I think the human cost is also when we are keeping the people inside and not thinking about their ecosystem properly. And sometimes the things that they end up doing is, and we falsely attribute it to human error or human low performance, but basically they're just fighting the ecosystem and the uh, not so great performing ecosystem itself. So I think that is equally important that when we have people within, how do we make their lives better? How do we actually give them the work that is meaningful and give them the sense of purpose through the work that they're doing, which is powerful, which is not mundane, which is more visionary and building long-term capabilities for the organization. So we do have like a lot of things to talk about in the next um, several times that we are going to meet here. I think we, we have been talking about takeaways and do you think that we are as a good point to talk about the two takeaways from this conversation that we have i'll give one and i'll i think you should have the last word with the last one so my first takeaway is for people to understand there is a function called organizational planning and analysis it is joined at the hip with fpna it is joined so with finance. It is also joined at the hip with operational HR. How do you do talent planning? How do you do recruitment? How do you do pay and reward without actually understanding all these structural components that are in OPNA? And so it's as important for that, and we will talk about that in a lot more detail. But the big takeaway is there is a function called OPNA. Um, this should not be a group of internal consultants. It's similar to FPNA. FPNA is not a group of internal consultants. They are crucial if the management team are asking about the financial plan, the objectives, how we pull levers. FPNA is there helping the management team, helping the CEO and the board think through these issues. And the OPNA has the same responsibility, 
the same duty of care to the entire organization, to the executive, but also to the, you know, the employees and, and, and all the people to be effective at doing this because it's so important. That's my big takeaway. Shraddha, yours? So my takeaway is more practical. I think I would just ask whoever is listening to this podcast to go find your friend in FBNA function and find that one person who can give you a very good idea or insight into how does the FBNA function works and what are their pain points. And I'm 100% sure you will find few few topics to connect on because when I talk to my FBNA counterparts, they're like, my goodness, we really don't know how to count how to count position because the HR is only counting uh, headcount, and we are not no way to reconcile that, and that's a gaping hole, and that gives you an insight to think about that. Oh, that is a different way of thinking, and it's important because there's a different way of thinking about the budgets and thinking about our finances. And that is extremely important for business and to drive business outcomes. So I think that is my takeaway is that go and find a colleague, a friend in FBNA function and understand what are they doing and how is that affecting the human resource and human aspect of the business. Great. Shraddha, this has been a total pleasure. Thank you. And I look forward to people's feedback and thoughts and, and, and getting the next one out. Absolutely. I think this is fantastic. And Rupert, you energize me every time that we speak together. So I feel that people feel the energy as well. And uh, we will bring back more and more such discussions for them. Thank you so much.